0: Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. Well, did you have a good Easter? I pray that you did. Did you get any Easter presents? We usually don't think that way, do we? We talk about Christmas presents or birthday presents, but not Easter presents. Well, today we'll find out that we really have received some truly wonderful Easter presents. Our sermon today is based on John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. Our message is entitled, Easter Gifts from Your Risen Savior. May God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of his holy word. This morning's gospel reading and also the words of our sermon text are John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were together behind locked doors because of their fear of the Jews. Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. So the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, "'Peace be with you. "'Just as the Father has sent me, "'I am also sending you.'" After saying this, he breathed on them and said, "'Receive the Holy Spirit. "'Whenever you forgive people's sins, "'they are forgiven. "'Whenever you do not forgive them, "'they are not forgiven.'" But Thomas, one of the twelve, the one called the twin was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples kept telling him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger into the marks of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. After eight days, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Take your hand and put it into my side. Do not continue to doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus, in the presence of his disciples, did many other miraculous signs that are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Laud, honor, and praise to the Lamb that was slain. With the Father and Spirit he ever shall reign. Amen. My dear friends in Christ, on this Sunday after Easter, it's almost inevitable for Christian churches to avoid experiencing a bit of a letdown. Church isn't quite as full, the hymns have just a little less horsepower. There is no Easter breakfast plan for this morning. Even the lilies are starting to wilt. But in order to keep our Easter joy going, and in order to keep us from having a a letdown in our life of faith in Jesus, today's text is pointing us to some Easter gifts that we all have. They're, They're gifts that the risen Savior won for us, and they're gifts that he's pleased to give to us as a result of his all-encompassing grace. We have Easter gifts from our risen Savior, and the first of those is the gift of peace. Are you at peace in your life right now? Or is there something that is standing between you and peace? Maybe some health concern in your life or in the life of someone you love. Maybe it's some problem at home. Maybe it's some massive stress that you're experiencing at work. Maybe you're stressed about the inflation that we're all living through. Nations at war. The disciples were not at peace on what should have been The happiest day of their lives. It was Easter Sunday evening, and while they had received reports of some sightings of Jesus alive and well, risen from the dead, they weren't exactly sure what to make of those reports. And while they still had some glimmer of hope, They decided to huddle together in a room that they prayed would be a a safe refuge, at least for a little while. John admits to us in our text this morning that they were behind locked doors because of their fear of the Jews. After all, they saw what their Jewish leaders had done to Jesus just a few days earlier, and they were afraid of guilt by association, afraid that they might be next. But it wasn't just their fear of the Jews that was getting in the way of their peace. It was death. As far as they knew, their Jesus was dead. And not only were they grieving the loss of a beloved friend and rabbi, teacher, they now were left with all of what his death would mean for them in that moment. Was everything that Jesus had taught them about their redemption now tossed by the wayside? Could they count on their sins being forgiven? Was it that that rescue plan that Jesus came into the world to effect had all come to nothing? Were they still saved? Did they have forgiveness for their sins? Dare they even dream of having an eternity with the Lord in heaven? Because after all, a dead Savior would be no savior at all and then suddenly jesus just appears in the midst of them peace be with you he said to his astonished disciples and and the risen savior filled that old familiar jewish greeting shalom with all kinds of new life and all kinds of new meaning and we're told that the disciples rejoiced After all, Jesus was alive. And now think of all that that meant for those disciples as we heard uh, last Sunday morning on Easter. His resurrection meant that they had now been justified, declared not guilty by their God. Their sins were forgiven. Their fear of death was gone. Their, Their sin and their guilt gone forever too. This Prince of Peace... Who greeted them with a word of peace had reconciled them back to their God by taking away all of their sins and opening the door to heaven. Not just them, but us too. And heaven knows we need it. We need it because we know that we have earned for ourselves the exact opposite. Think about your life. Start recalling some of the times that you have found yourself looking for peace in all the wrong places. We feel at peace as long as we're living high in the hog and have plenty of money. We have a sense of peace as long as we have some job security. We feel at peace as long as things are going smoothly at home or as long as we're relatively healthy. Haven't we often heard people saying, well, if you have your health, you have everything. No, you don't. Not if you're still without a relationship, a trust in your risen Savior, you don't. Peace. Haven't there been times in our lives when we have... Fooled ourselves into believing that we can manufacture our own peace with God? The times that Satan wants to have us believe that we are at peace with God because we have lived such stellar lives. We do more good things than other people that we know. We try our best, and God knows that. Of course, that ignores the fact that we're all sinners. None of us have lived a perfect life, the kind of life that God requires to get into His heaven. How about our attitudes? How about the way that we've snapped at people for no good reason? How about the the, the all out lack of effort that we have shown in our lives on a daily basis to carry out His will? How about the fact that the Lord Jesus comes to us in the gospel to bless us with this peace that transcends all understanding? And we meet that peace with a shrug and a yawn and go back to the same old, same old. We need this risen Savior. And we need the forgiveness, the peace that he comes to bring. So with the eyes of faith today, let's see that risen Savior standing right here among us. Let's see the scars, the evidence of his unstoppable love for us the evidence of the fact that he has taken away the guilt and the punishment that our sins had earned and let the sight of that risen Christ lead us to rejoice like the disciples with every fiber of our being as we hear the Savior saying to us today, peace be with you. Jesus is our peace. And that's brought out so clearly and so beautifully in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, where it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, declared not guilty by God through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Cherish that peace. A gift from your risen Savior. The second gift that he brings through this text is the gift of Purpose. Jesus, as he stood among his disciples, filled them with the the greatest joy that they had ever known, but he wasn't content to have his disciples just kind of stay there in that room, slapping each other in the back and say, isn't this great? That was a close call, wasn't it? It's great to have Jesus back. No, Jesus had saved them and had risen for a purpose. He had work for them to do. And so we're told in our text, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Just as the Father has sent me, I am also sending you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whenever you forgive people's sins, they are forgiven. Whenever you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. So Jesus is informing the disciples that he's now sending them out into the world and they've got a purpose, a new purpose to their life. They are going to be his ambassadors, his witnesses in the world. And they are to carry this message of the forgiveness of sins. That was to be the core of their their gospel message. But that was going to be challenging work. At almost every turn, They would meet up with obstacles and opposition. You saw the apostles experiencing that in our lesson from Acts chapter 5. Thrown in prison because they dared to preach Christ. John, in our second lesson, exiled off to the island of Patmos because he dared to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. Their work was going to be challenging. They'd meet up with opposition and obstacles. And so, Jesus breathed on them. He conferred on them. He gave to them that holy breath, that heavenly wind that we call the Holy Spirit, Lord and God. And in so doing, as Jesus gave them that third person of the Holy Trinity, He was setting them apart for the work at hand to go and tell the world the good news about Jesus. And it was that Holy Spirit who would sustain them and guide them in their work. It was the Holy Spirit who would give them the words to proclaim. It was the Holy Spirit who would be the active agent in the gospel that they would share with other people. It was the Holy Spirit who would use that gospel message to bring others to faith in this risen Christ. But the key to this message, mission that the Jesus' followers would take up was the forgiveness of sins. He's basically telling his apostles, look, go tell people about the forgiveness of sins. True enough, there were going to be people who would hear what they said, but reject it. There would be people who would refuse to repent of their sins, to turn away from their sin, and to put their hope and their trust in Jesus for forgiveness. And and Jesus says when people reject the gospel like that, declare to them that their sins are not forgiven until and unless they repent of their sin. But to those who would hear the message... And who would repent, letting go of their sin and laying hold of Christ. To those who would be looking for some comfort and assurance, the disciples were to announce to them that their sins were forgiven. The disciples, the apostles should tell people that. And when they told someone, your sins are forgiven, people should receive it as though it were from the voice of God himself. Now, just notice with me this morning that this is the primary mission that the risen Christ has given to his church, to proclaim law and gospel, not to try to fix everything that's wrong in our society, not to be a social club where we can just be busy doing less important things. But to proclaim law and gospel, to tell the world about the problem of our sin and the remedy that is in Christ, but only in Christ. And so Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I am also sending you. Believer, Jesus is saying that to you this morning. I'm sending you. There's work to be done, and I'm sending you. Don't take his love, his truth, his grace, his gifts, and simply lock them inside your heart. I mean, if you discovered the cure to cancer, wouldn't you tell people about it? I pray you would. The Lord Jesus is the cure for sin. The Lord Jesus is the cure for death. Let's make it our goal to tell as many people as we can about Jesus. Let's make it our goal to live as ones who have been brought to death to, from death to life. Let's model our faith in Christ in all that we do. Keep studying, keep growing, keep sharing, keep living these truths. But let's realize the purpose that the risen Christ has given us in life, to be his witnesses in the world, to tell people about Jesus, to live for him, to side with Christ on a daily basis. Even when others are tempting you to do something completely different, to serve this Savior who made us his own, So that everything that we do can be done to his unending glory and praise. The third gift he brings us in this text is the gift of passion. Thomas, for whatever reason, had been absent that first Easter evening. And he was passionate about his doubt He said, unless I see it with my own eyes, unless I I can reach out and touch Jesus with my own hand, I will never believe, he said. Doubting Thomas, he gets a bad rap for his skepticism, right? But we can actually thank Thomas because he demanded evidence and he got it. That evidence serves us well. I need you to know this morning that these truths of Scripture are not some kind of Aesop's fable or some kind of a fairy tale. This is fact. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is backed up by the testimony of literally hundreds and hundreds of eyewitnesses who saw him alive and well, who touched him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. And so Jesus returned about a week later. This time Thomas was there, and he saw the risen Savior face to face. He saw the scabs and the scars, and then he heard Jesus say, do not continue to doubt, but believe. And don't you love Thomas's simple but very passionate response? He says to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Think about that. Thomas doesn't look at Jesus and the other and say, well, okay, my bad. I was wrong. You're right. He's alive. I can't deny it anymore. No, he did more than that. He spoke his faith. My Lord and my God. He worshiped his risen Savior. Jesus had come to win Thomas back to a passionate faith, and the sight of this risen Savior alive and well did exactly that. Jesus, you are alive. You are my Lord. You are my God. You are my everything. Friends, Jesus has given us his word, he's given us himself. He's given us a a certain hope to join him in a heavenly paradise forever as a gift of his loving grace. Don't we want to fall at his feet and worship him? You are my Lord and my God. Doesn't the amazing love that he's shown to us make us want to love him back, not just with words, but in the way that we go about our daily life? Doesn't it fill us with this passion to live for him who lived and died and rose again for us? John says Jesus in the presence of his disciples did many other miraculous signs that are not written in this book but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name. It is because of God's stunning grace that you believe. That you can say Jesus you are my Lord and my God. Please, stay passionate about that. Don't let your love for this risen Christ grow cold. Stay passionate about his words. Stay passionate about worship and praise. Stay passionate about prayer. Stay passionate about not letting your guard down because you don't want to give the devil a foothold in your life. Stay passionate. Because remember this, In Christ Jesus, you have a comfort that goes beyond any kind of earthly security. In Christ Jesus, this risen Savior, you have a a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace greater than any peace that this world has ever known. In Christ, your risen Savior, you have a life that even death can't take away. You have everlasting life, and it's all yours, courtesy of this risen Savior. Post-Easter letdown? No way. Not when you see this risen Son of God standing alive and well in your heart, in your life of faith. Thank you, risen Savior, for these great Easter gifts that you've given to us. Peace and purpose and passion. And Lord Jesus, risen Savior, use those gifts to strengthen us, to bless us, and to cause us to be a blessing to many others as we live our life to your glory. Amen.